0: Hey, listeners, want to become an official Grunthead? Well, now you can by becoming a patron over at our Patreon. That's right. When you contribute, you'll gain access to our supplemental show, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast not about the TV show Home Improvement. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us. Just visit patreon.com slash gruntworkpod to join. And now, on with the show. Does everybody know what time it is? E F P T O Z L P E D P E C F D E F C Z P E F L O P Z D E F hindsight is 2020 it's grunt work grunts come from a can They were put there by a man in a TV studio downtown. If I had my way, I'd do grunt work every day because this, in fact, is grunt work, a podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's chock full of vitamin G, which also stands for grunts. I'm your host, Truman, the Better One Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon, the Or Better Two Man Solano. Ah, okay. Yeah, you see you, what I was doing yeah, there? Yeah, you did. You had me like, wait a minute, you're the better one? I don't know about oh, that. Oh, no, 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 but you're the better two, oh. and it takes two to tango. And takes tango to get better eyesight. It takes off a last to a roll. <laughs> tango to go to Paris, and off to, off to a roll... Wait, I'm sorry. What's off to a roll? Is that like, is that when you go to a bakery, like, I to to go get a roll for breakfast? Yeah, yeah. You go off to get a roll. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we figured that one out. Uh, bye, honey. I'm off for a roll. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what I say every time I leave my apartment as a single man. Here, you're just talking to your plants. Talking to my Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry Roomba, I have uh I have Siri now. Oh god. <laughs> Siri's your mistress. Look, Siri is the one Siri satisfies uh a certain set of needs, but Roomba is the one who you can take home to meet mom and dad. <laughs> Roomba's the one who's cleaning up the yeah. place while you're Siri, gone. <laughs> Siri's already at mom and dad's. <laughs> oh god. Actually, they just got a Roomba for Christmas too. So, oh uh, wow. I mean, they don't need me at all anymore. <laughs> your parents have a very complicated relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there is there is a a low-budget version of Her that's about a guy in his Roomba. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did the Parks and Rec thing where I, I put a little speaker on its head uh, the very first day that I got it. On its head? <laughs> uh, on its body? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, whatever. Listen, AI, I'm not trying to um, tell you how you should shape your own body. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, you teach me and I will follow suit are it was it's it's more like, Hey, I love you <laughs> right? Guys, Dude, I, mean, I was gonna say it was good to see it, but, but No, uh, no, it's bad. Now I'm gonna say it was nice seeing you. Please leave. <laughs> the, the shortest episode we've had, folks. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's 10:30 p.m. I'm drinking a diet coke. We're a little bit loopy, so it's going to be one of those episodes <laughs> that of grunt is work. The most, the lamest, whitest thing I've ever heard. It's it's 10:30, and we are drinking diet cokes over here. So watch out, world. <laughs> We're having a great time here in Provo, Utah. <laughs> uh, it's sick dunk on Utah. Uh, Landon, how you doing, yeah. man? I, I'm I'm doing alright. Um, you know, I've been growing my hair out, and I think it's finally, it's not quite there yet, but it's getting to a place where it's starting to do the thing that I was hoping it was going to do. I gotta say, it looks it looks good, man. You got some good volume going for it. Y- yeah, uh, you know, this is gonna sound a little gross, but, um, <laughs> I... it's a good way to start. I, <laughs> this I may revolt you, but... I, for many, many years, I I have not shampooed. Oh. I don't use shampoo or I, I just started using shampoo again because i like my hair is so thick and when it it's it's unmanageable when i use shampoo and now let me say i wash it every single day i scrub the scalp i scrub the, the but, but what do you scrub with with just you know water washcloth you know it, sometimes if need be i'll i'll use just like a very small smattering of just regular soap wow um but it's i just have hair that like the second you put an uh, the tiniest dab of shampoo in it it just like you know it just it, it so much volume that's unmanageable so that, that's that's my whole deal though i couldn't imagine it without that <laughs> but as it gets longer it gets heavier so i'm able to shampoo and the weight of the hair holds itself down um and so it's just it's finally getting that place i've had short hair for such a long time now um i'm kind of like welcoming uh, having long hair again how will people be able to tell us apart, though? Because I am traditionally <laughs> the one on the podcast with yeah. long hair. And... You are. I will tell you the exact way they can tell us apart. Yeah. Um. I'm letting mine do a little mullet thing. Oh. You keep yours short in the back. Yours is a party in front and a party in back. I'm a full-time party, baby. You're, you're, would, you're, would you ever say, Did you just become a little McConaughey there? Did you just become Moondog? <laughs> mmm. Mmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man, you know the the thing about your hair is that uh, it keeps getting longer, but you stay the same height. <laughs> Was that so, a dunk on me? I, I, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> like I don't think you're you've yeah. hit your growth spurt. I think you're done. Right? Yeah, no. Do well, healthy? I hope so. Yeah. Anyway, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. Before we talk any more about our hair care routines, because I could I could go off. Believe me. Oh my goodness. Um, we watched some Home Improvement. We did watch an episode of Home Improvement, didn't we? And. I'm going to just go out on a limb right now yeah. and just talk about my feelings. Well, why don't we give him a synopsis? I don't, well, yeah, let's talk about a synopsis. Have you got one? I do have a little synopsis on wrote. row. Uh, yeah, okay. So right, your longer okay. hair making you talk out the side of your mouth like a I don't 40s know. gangster? Uh, no, I think it being 10.30 p.m., uh, way past my bedtime. Oh, so okay. So, I'm sorry. You were dunking <laughs> on me for being lame talking about 10.30 drinking a Diet Coke, and then you're like, I'm just so tired. I do declare here in Provo, Utah, where we have these accents. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm gonna give you two options. Do you want, uh, grab bag A or grab bag B? Um, so better A or better B is what you're saying? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna grab bag B. B, okay, well you get the longer synopsis then. Aww. (laughs) When Tim and Jill receive a letter from Mark's teacher saying that she uh, wishes to speak with them, it turns out that she's concerned about Mark's attentiveness in class. Unsure what could be the cause of this uncharacteristic problem, Tim and Jill take turns trying to coax an explanation out of Mark. Initially resistant to talk, it eventually comes to pass that Mark cannot read the blackboard at school and fears getting glasses will make him look like a dork. Oh, no. A total dorkus malorkus. Now, um, that is what us in the, the writer's world called padding it out. <laughs> because grab bag A goes a little something like this. Yeah. Mark is having trouble seeing the blackboard at school and fears getting glasses will make him look like a dork. Yeah. It's the same exact synopsis. Yep. Doesn't tell us any more information. Yeah. much more concise. True, true it is. But you, we, people expect our synopses to be a certain length. Had we gone with the <laughs> short true. one, we would have lost half of our subscribers overnight. <laughs> because it would have been like, we come to this show for a certain length of synopsis. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, do you hear that? Weird noise. What? What is it? Oh my god. It's back. Guess that title. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. So I can never tell if you're having a stroke or for doing a bit. Here, okay. What I think the title of this That's episode a sweet is. Sweet spot that I like to live in. Okay. <laughs> I like it. that you're dancing on the razor's edge every day. Okay. Titles for this episode. The Mark Taylor Spectacle Tacular. <laughs> okay. Glass is.
1: <laughs> this uh, one doesn't
0: quite have the uh, the the twist at the end of it that uh, <laughs> well, I'm assuming Glass does. It was a twist when yeah. I found out he couldn't see the board. I wasn't expecting that to be the problem. <laughs> the, is the twist at the end of Glass that uh, they're all dead and that <laughs> Haley Joe Osment comes in and like his whole fucking cinematic universe is tied together. The, the twist is that all of them are dead except Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> that would re- that really fucks with people. <laughs> it's a twist that actually invalidates the one really good movie he made. Um Okay, what else you got? I can see clearly now. Ooh. I'm pretty sure that has been a title before, but uh, it, I'm bad it at hasn't this. been an official title. Oh, it hasn't been an okay. no. official. And then lastly, cataracts got your tongue? Oh. Yeah, you know, eyesight jokes. Eyesight jokes. I Oh, actually I just thought of one more. Okay, good, cuz I was going to say I thought that this would have been one that you would have got Contact-s. <laughs> um, no, a, I... a very concise title for a very long and meandery book. Yes, also true, also true. Uh, okay, well now I feel bad though that I clearly haven't gotten one that I probably should have gotten. Yeah, well I just assumed that this would have, it's, it's a play on words that seems right up your alley. Oh man, it, this is probably a side effect of it being 10.30 and me not having had enough <laughs> Diet Coke. Uh... <laughs> Sound effects aside, I'm just going to give you the title. Yeah. Title. Stay in your lane. Uh, (laughs) It is called The Eyes Have It. Oh, man. (laughs) A plus 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 home improvement. That's really good, and I should have got that. Not only is that Robert's Rules of Order politics stuff... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not only have I heard like fucking Nancy Pelosi say that a bunch of times recently. It's that's really good. Yeah, man, that's that is tasty. Uh, but it is spelled with the letter I. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know. No, I'm I mean, just I think no, it is. It's, it's I. I, I did so so deadpan on that one that you couldn't tell that i was joking oh man it's it's like it's like <laughs> i got andy kaufman at the table right now um okay yeah. that's that's pretty good when, yeah, so what the- what'd you think of this year episode well this episode directed by andy Kadiff and written by john vandergriff mm-hmm. who has also written uh room for change and the great race 2 from last season okay um was an interesting one uh <laughs> i don't And I'm throwing the word interesting out there as a placeholder till I come up with an actual opinion. So so you haven't rendered an opinion. (laughs) Processing. Processing. You basically just went, uh... (laughs) I mean, can you see? (laughs) That's that's what... uh, Dial-up. That's what, yeah, for all you kids out there. (laughs) I think we have to do word captions on these. Dial-up modem. Um... I mean, do you blame me for not knowing what my opinion of this one is? It's a little, like, it, I I, li- I do, I like it. I like it, but I can't articulate why. I liked it as well, and I I guess I can't blame you for not, I don't know. I felt, like, I found myself realizing at the end, like, yeah, I, I, I like this episode. Yeah. I feel like Tim, like, the biggest problem with any of these episodes is usually Tim, mm-hmm. and Tim in this one. You know, short of being a dick to Al, and in a way that I don't really understand on set at tool time, <laughs> can't wait to get into that. Yeah, that, that's that's a whole thing. Also, on tool time where they obey all the rules and laws of physics and nothing strange happens. <laughs> uh, Tim, like Tim, is mostly a concerned father who is. Like, this episode, I feel like, followed kind of a template that I would have liked to have seen more, where it's like, there is a family issue that needs to be dealt with at home. right. You know, mom and dad both trying to figure out how to to crack it. They each come at it in their own way, Jill being very nurturing, Tim being a, you know, body caricature of a man. Not doing so (laughs) in an especially, uh, not in an especially toxic way, I didn't think. And they both have genuine concern for Mark, and also, I mean, Taryn Noah-Smith, does I would say his best performance of the entire series in this episode, showing a yeah. newfound level of depth. Well, I, I'm finally glad to have you on board, the Mark Train, choo choo, let's go. Yeah, you know, uh, coming around the world, it's a Mark Train. Gonna <laughs> join in, join in. Uh, that's just me talk singing Love Train by the OJs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I, so I liked I liked this episode. Yeah. Is it one of? i and i i'm gonna say I like this episode because it didn't piss me off. it didn't so I <laughs> such set, a low bar a very low bar. it was not yeah. actively misogynistic and it didn't it didn't like set up a complex uh marriage and family problem that is then just basically shoved under the rug in the last you know, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, uh, to hear you speak about it, it helps me articulate a little bit more in that, <laughs> so like... So you're just going to copy mine, aren't you? You're just going to copy my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, well, Truman, can I see your homework? I think I like this episode, because it didn't piss me off. Um, okay. <laughs> so, no. Let's Good. see. Good. So, it's it's an example of an episode that really doesn't have an A and B plot. It's just all A plot. Yeah. And I think in the past, those types of episodes have kind of been, like... A little frustrating i don't feel like they've had enough or they've had too much to try and cram into an episode and they haven't always worked this one just feels like it's the perfect stakes you know uh to, yeah, to yeah. solve Medium, by rare. the end yeah 13 <laughs> pounds of salt. Of, was it 13 pounds of salt um <laughs> so like by the time we get to the end of it like there's not a whole lot wrapped up into it mm-hmm. that needs to be resolved yeah. so that when they do resolve it quickly it's just like Oh, that was just a nice episode. Yeah. I mean, it's not one that people are going to remember forever. It's not an iconic episode, but... No No one's car gets crushed with a steel beam. (laughs) Nobody shrinks down to four inches tall and runs around an engine. AKA the last two episodes of this show. Not a lot of toxic masculinity being thrown around. And it's just... I don't know. There's... I think everybody... They still find a way to give all the characters a moment yeah. you know um some good lines from everybody yeah. i got some laughs at everybody tim had tim had a great run of lines yeah I Tim absolutely. was really funny in this one uh and it's you know i i, I struggle with tim and I, I, i'm hesitant to speculate on tim allen's uh personality <laughs> but let's just say tim taylor Tends to be the the elephant in the, the household. Yes. He takes up the most space. And takes the biggest dumps. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and his farts are terrible, according to everyone on the show. Um so it's nice to see him take a supporting role. Mm. I think he's good at it. Yes. And I want to see more of that. Yes. Especially on a show with with a supporting cast this strong. Yeah. I think that Tim would be a great supporting I mean, Tim is great in a support. Like, people can step into the spotlight for individual episodes on this, and I think the thing that the show suffers from the most is that Tim is always in the spotlight. Yeah. And Tim would really be so much better as the... Because Tim Tim is written... Like, Tim is a kind of one-note character, and he would work great in a supporting role. Yeah, I I think he's good at assists, you know, and setting, you know... Setting people up. Like, I would love to see him take a supporting role, and I'm sure we will in the future of like setting up Randy for stuff, yeah. letting Randy dunk a few, yes. a few of the jokes. I mean, he clearly does yeah, on his he's own. On the, he's on the football team, he's doing all kinds of slam dunks <laughs> on the football team. Oh, that's how sports work. Yep. Um, so I don't know that's kind of how I felt about this episode. You want to you want to dig into this guy? Yeah, let's Ooh, uh, That's a new metaphor, digging. Yeah, let's dig in. Hey man, let's 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 get our backhoe out and uh use it down into the uh the rich rich soil of home improvement. Yeah, and and aerate it, you know. Just get it all up there. <laughs> so we open as we so often do at tool time yes. where Al is uh talking about carpets. And we are uh, th- th- there's a little something different about going on going there a little hey down 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 something different going on now and then. man well a, a little something different happening over at the tool time place yes uh it, well for one thing in every tool time segment Al is for some reason in charge of the creative direction of the show <laughs> I feel like that's a whole yeah, other episode is, is, I want to know what happened behind the scenes to go okay you know it's like. L gets one episode a year, or one series, you know, because I guess he does it over the course of three days. It's his uh, trilogy of carpet, if you will. (laughs) And uh, but he's the one taking the reins on on walking people through the history of carpet. Yes. Well, in this particular episode, uh, uh, scene, he's he's teaching people how to lay carpet and which carpet to use for what type of uh, high traffic or low traffic areas in your house. Yeah, it's it's like floor week on on Tool Time. Um, but so, yeah, he's he's talking about plush carpet and what kind of carpet you want to use. And right away, the Grunt Creep is lying on one of these lengths of carpet on the ground reading You want to use plush carpet for your more leisurely, leisurely areas. Yes, yes. And the Grunt Creep clearly leisuring out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> reading a book. The Grunt Creep, the original leisure suit Larry. <laughs> um, Do we th- need to be concerned that the Grunt Creep is now... Um, literate literate Uh, you know like once you are able to give him new ideas he's going to start creating a whole society (laughs) well honestly i think that could be better though i mean it just depends on the book that he if he's reading mein Kampf, no we've got a problem (laughs) if if he's reading don't stand too close to a naked man also a problem star or starstruck yeah that's an there's, issue there's a lot of problematic books out there yes but i don't know if he's if he's reading something but you know if he's if he's reading i don't know beloved by tony morrison or uh, uh david copperfield yeah or david copperfield uh you know do you think brad threw the threw his copy in the oil drum <laughs> most likely yeah that's the best way to get rid of it I and mean, he did put his sax in the the wood pile so oh my god the grunt creep is gonna be playing jazz next <laughs> Which I would listen to. Yeah, um, he is the one that makes the he, he does the opening theme credits. Oh, okay, that's good. And and uh, Dan Foliart just uh, sniped credit from him. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the thing. Now he's probably reading a legal handbook about how he can sue to get <laughs> yeah. the get the uh, rights for the for the credit music. <laughs> so the Grunt Creep is reading a book. He's also yeah. humming to himself. You can he, if you oh, listen really? carefully. I missed that. Go back and listen to it. Uh, we don't. Maybe I'm Grunt Creep deaf. I, look, that would be great. That would be the luckiest thing. <laughs> It's like that woman in so, China who is incapable of hearing men's voices. Like, it's one of those kind of good forms of deafness that's really going to help you <laughs> in your life. And no, he's, he's going like... <laughs> and then he throws the book aside, and you hear it called... So I'm just saying, wow. like, you know, okay. uh, Mr. Voorhees uh, had to clue us in about this uh, previously. Well, now, uh, here's a question I have for you. Um, <laughs> you are clearly keeping track of the grunt count on this. Yes. Uh, and that is whenever a grunt is spoken by Tim. Yes. Now, are you going to keep track of the the talk count, which are talks given by the grunt? <laughs> the talk. I mean, I I thought the talk count was how many TED talks have happened, and I am keeping track of that. And the and the total is too fucking many. But um, no. I, I mean, how do you even count? Like, cause he hasn't. He's not really talking. He's just yeah. making sounds. It's more like the sound count. Well, uh, I mean, that's his language. I mean, look, man. There's only so much work that I can okay, do fair. on here. Okay, all right. <laughs> I keep track of the grunts, and I occasionally pay attention to the episode. And you do all the social media and the web hosting <laughs> and, and look at and, and... the background of the yeah, scenes. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and keep track of what's going on with the calendar. Um, okay, why don't you tell me what Tim is doing during the scene? Tim is making like he's snoozing because this is all just so effing boring for him and. And he just, he he hates it. He's like, oh, God, you know, thank you, Al. Oh, man, everyone's almost asleep here. Al says, you know, well, choosing a carpet is important. It's something you have to live with and walk on for years. And Tim says, yeah, just like you, Al. (laughs) 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 Um, Now, here's a behind-the-scenes question. Yeah. If Tim is what we can assume, since Maureen has suspiciously disappeared from the world (laughs) almost as though she's been rolled up in one of those carpets and (laughs) dumped into a lake and wes davison apparently doesn't have as much control over the show as once thought that means tim is essentially the creative force and presumably producer of this show he's also the destructive force (laughs) true why would he approve this I think he would approve this. This, this, this is what I noticed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move a little bit ahead in the scene to, to flesh out this point. Like, Tim is making a big deal about how boring all of this is. He wants Al to, to hurry up and, and, and get on with it. And he says, let's hurry up so we can talk about the tools. And I, and he says that. I'm like, oh, okay, so Tim wants to get to his part. Like, Al is talking about the background on the flooring. Tim is going to talk about the tools. Al comes over to the table where they have all the tools. And Tim says, okay, Al, tell him about the tools. So I think the only reason, like <laughs> all Tim is doing for this entire scene, is just making the cheapest, shittiest, hackiest, most obvious jokes about tools. Yeah, or just shitty wordplay, and, and I don't, I don't even understand it. It seems like a contradiction to the character because he's usually, you know, uh, o facing over tools. Yes, and now he's insulting them. Yeah, like as as Al starts to do his due diligence and go, okay, this is the porcupine roller. This is the duck build pliers or whatever it is mm. and tim just starts making fun of tools yes i mean he's kind of making fun of al but he's making fun of the al through making fun of the tools and that is so anti tim taylor yeah i i mean he I, and so i think that the reason that tim green let this segment was purely so he could dunk on al throughout it he oh, saw it as a rich as a rich uh and fertile hunting ground for his jokes for his goof-em-ups. Well, since he doesn't like these tools, what does he like? Uh, what Tim likes is a more powerful version of these tools, and he, he's a you know he's like, oh, well, these tools are great if you want to lay carpet in a hallway or a small room, but what if you want to lay down carpet in a uh, stadium, basically? The Silverdome, yeah. The Silverdome, which I suppose is... That's uh, where the lines used to play. Okay, it's a Michigan thing. And uh, <laughs> so he has Heidi bring out his more power porcupine roller, yeah, which is gas-powered, Al and Al in this moment of primal rage just shouts there's no such thing as a gas-powered porcupine <laughs> and tim goes just depends on what he had for lunch Da-da-da-da. so Parts. he um we did miss a a great little uh um al oh, turn around yeah turn around so yeah. when uh tim is making fun of the tools Al gives his – and I I want to start throwing this at you uh, during our episode sometimes. Are you quite through joking around? (laughs) (laughs) Done. Done. That's a deal. Uh, And then Tim makes another joke and goes, well – uh, they're good if you you know making the jokes about them all being animal based. Yeah. Are you going to carpet a zoo? Yeah, and Al <laughs> goes, "Well, uh, I might be doing a little walrus to walrus carpeting," <laughs> uh, and gets a little uh, chuckle out no, of himself, he, and he gets a big chuckle out of the crowd, and <laughs> much to Tim's chagrin and German, I yeah, I, I yes, I did laugh very loud, very late at night in this house. <laughs> I I think that really, I think that you could take this exact script and give all the shit jokes that i don't like tim making to al and i would like them <laughs> and it might just be because al's delivery like tim's delivery is always kind of with a smirk and a, a put down. yeah and and al's delivery is always he's so delighted with himself that he's done it he's just proud that he's making a joke and that is and like that's more fun to watch so yeah. somehow is this man like pleasing himself no careful not it stop that reverse it <laughs> pleasing others yeah, pleasing others, such oh, okay. as the two of us on the couch. <laughs> no, wait, no, also bad. It's okay, uh, are you quite finished joking around? Um, he pulls out the more power porcupine. And, um, yeah, and rolls it out over that carpet. Yep, and shreds it, clearly. Yep. Uh, now, before he does that, though, he gives—it uh, took me a second. I was trying to place it, but Tim gives this laugh. Yes. And he gives, like, a little— <laughs> laugh and i'm like where have i heard that laugh before where have you heard that laugh before and i'm like oh i can hear someone saying oh him and that weaselly little laugh and uh finally i was able to place it as bradley whitford and billy madison oh okay so, uh, i am essentially equating <laughs> tim taylor to the villain in um billy madison i think look i i I could he he could play a really good villain in a lot of things and in, in many senses I feel like he is kind of the villain on this show I I'm surprised he's never played a villain That's, yeah I do think he'd be good at that like he's he's so over the top and larger than life yeah. and, I mean I think he could really dig into that maybe Expendables four yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's go for it I I'm I'm ready I would see that uh so from the shredded up carpet we go to the opening credits yep something I noticed in the opening credits Ooh, what I know for for once I'm doing this the remote controlled steamroller yes we've all noticed it it's everyone in america can't stop talking about the uh-huh. remote controlled steamroller it crashes through a fence at one point yeah and this time i don't think this has happened before there's a cartoon explosion that appears on the screen over it when it goes through the fence i think your into the spider-verse uh eyes are now just <laughs> catching all of these whams pows, and uh kabams my spider sense if you will <laughs> exactly yeah um I, I wanna see the Spider Man who lives in that oil drum full of transitions. That's that's the that's... <laughs> the Spider Creep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that is the Spider Creep is is Spider Ham's arch nemesis. <laughs> spider Man into the Spider-Verse in theaters now. Um seriously go see it. I am one hundred percent promoting that movie for free. Um, yeah. One thing I noticed um is Tim and Al on the TV. Uh it's called the View Matic. Yeah, um, it's a it's a weird TV. Edit that out. We're gonna go <laughs> from the theme song. We go to the kitchen. Yes, uh, where the boys are coming downstairs, and I didn't hear a word they were saying because uh, I was deafened by how much feathered hair was going on. <laughs> I mean, it was just a voluptuous bouncing bouquet of blonde boys. Yeah, uh, y- y- yes, you forgot uh, you forgot bodacious, uh, <laughs> bodacious, well, bodacious. Uh, blonde, nah, never mind. It gets, it gets, it gets, we get into Pamela Anderson territory there. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're very feathered and very coiffed, and they are, uh, helping Mark, uh, steam open a sealed letter that has been sent home from school by oh, his by teacher. A teacher. Yeah. And Mark is, this is the first letter he's ever gotten sent home with. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gotten home, sent home a letter? uh from sc- no i not not that i ever recall no. no i was a i was a good boy i never really got oh, Mark's in problems yeah well I, I also i'm a good boy with 20/30 vision ah, so i could always see the board okay yeah um i I mean, I certainly got letters. I never gave them to my parents. Oh, damn, dude! So there's just like they never thought to like just mail them directly to your house. No, I think senior year, I got a detention almost every single week. Uh, God and damn, man! Maybe served half of them, and my parents knew of none of them. So, well, that's a real failure of the school system. It's it's like okay, well, we know that we this kid can't be trusted to follow the rules. Let's give him this letter to take home to his parents. That will visit more punishment upon him. Let's just trust him to make sure it gets home. I got extremely good at forging signatures in my senior year. <laughs> uh, that explains your character in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign a little bit better now. A joke that literally only you and Kirsty will get. Uh, yeah. So, um, but so Mark, always the good kid, now yeah. has taken a turn for the worse. And Brad and Randy are trying to steam it open over just a pot of water rather than a tea kettle. <laughs> yeah, which Tim corrects when he comes in. But yes. that that was an interesting choice, and I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, like, I never had to steam open a letter, but I clearly watched that episode of Doug, where where <laughs> Doug gets a letter sent home from school, which he steams open using a tea kettle. And then he learns a lesson about why you shouldn't tamper with the mail, because it's a federal crime. I never understood the the steaming thing. So... Is it is it to see through the envelope or is it to unseal it? It's to unseal it and get it to pop open without ripping it. But then, how do you reseal it? That that's the thing. They, I never, they understood. never they never get that far in any of the '90s media. That it I'm never worked. Yeah, it's like I think every time that they do steaming a letter open on TV, yeah. it's always a failure. Yeah. It's like it's like Ferris Bueller putting the car in reverse to take the miles off the odometer. It just doesn't work. Exactly. So just learn to forge, and then you don't have to show the letter in the first place. And crack the odometer open and roll it back by hand. <laughs> I uh, went so far as putting a bad report card that needed to be signed down the garbage disposal once. Couldn't you have, like, thrown it in a dumpster? Like, Yeah, but there's a certain, like, catharsis that came with the destruction of something that I thought was evil. <laughs> Oh, man, Landon, it's a wonder that you turned out uh, all right, The you know, the way that you did. Uh, well, there are things <laughs> yet to be uh, discovered, I'm sure. Um, God, I don't know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> so Tim and Jill come home and catch the boys trying to steam this letter open yes. um, in in process. I don't know, I was trying to think of a fancy Ca- French caught, way of saying that. Caught in the act, uh, caught red-handed. Ne- ne- none of these are French. No. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know... Uh, they uh, they open the letter yeah. and it turns out that Mark's teacher wants to meet with Tim and Jill. Yeah, but the teacher won't say why. Ooh, Ooh. And Tim is like, "Ooh, your first letter from a teacher. You're a man now. I, you're a man who's in deep, deep trouble, but you're still a man." <laughs> and you know, Mark. Mark is like, "Nothing's going on. Nothing. Yeah. No, it's nothing. It's nothing. Okay. It's just nothing's going on." A rare show of moodiness and uh, rebellion, almost yeah. from from young Marcus, which uh, matches his uh, his growth spurt. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean he definitely a... looks the part of you know Randy and Brad in the previous seasons. Yeah, so. he's he's uh, he looks more aged now than than he has before. Well, uh, that's because he has aged. Oh, that's that's the secret. It wasn't just a trick photography and special <laughs> effects. They just let the boys age naturally. That's (laughs) the little-known secret. If you watch the production featurettes... Uh, so... He stomps off to go upstairs. The boys somewhat follow him. Doesn't matter, but Tim and Jill are left in the kitchen. Yeah, and they're they're trying to figure out what's going on, and Jill is like, you know, Mark's a good boy. He's very smart. Like, why would this be happening? So... Tim and and Jill are talking about it, and Tim is suggesting, well, maybe maybe his teacher just doesn't like him, you know? And she's mm-hmm. like, Well, why why would his teacher not like him? Tim says, Well, you know, he might just have a bad teacher. Like my my fifth grade teacher hated me. She was terrible. <laughs> and my sixth grade teacher, awful. Seventh grade teacher, also really bad. Eighth grade, just a tyrant out for me. <laughs> and Jill is like, Well, do you start to see a pattern here, Tim? And Tim goes, Yeah, I had a string of really bad teachers. <laughs> That was kind of a funny line. I like, I like that. <laughs> it also informs a lot about <laughs> the Tim Taylor character mm-hmm. uh, that we you know already knew, but uh, just kind of interesting to see him. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I give give a look at his worldview. And so Jill starts going into trying to figure out. Um, first of all, this teacher wants to meet at three thirty p.m. Wouldn't school still be going? Uh, my school got out at three o'clock. When oh, I I've yeah. hit I've officially hit the age where I I have no concept of when I was in school. Yeah, I mean it was well, I don't I can't speak for when you were in school. But yeah. when I when I was in school, it was usually three o'clock or three thirty was when school let out. Really? I mean when I was in when I was in middle school, I think school let out at like two thirty. I guess that uh, kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I I just I have no memory for it. Um I remember being at school super early. I think I got there at like six forty five. Oh yeah, I did too. Were you in jazz band also? <laughs> no, I was in accounting. <laughs> at accounting? You had an accounting class?
1: What's your excuse yeah. for
0: sucking at math, then? Uh, that's the class that I got detention for every week. <laughs> well, Landon, here's your pri- You set yourself up for failure, dude. Don't take accounting. I also don't take it that early in the morning, my lord. Yeah, it was uh, it was not fun. Um, but they, they start going, so apparently school ends uh, that, that age. Oh, that would make sense. She wants to meet with them before she goes home for the day. Yes. The teacher. Um, Lazy. Hey, it checks out. Um, Okay, this episode is still valid. (laughs) Tim and Jill are trying to figure out um, how and when they can meet there, and they're going through this whole scheduling thing of like taking Randy to football practice and Mark uh, to get his flu shot and Brad to sax practice, which... Brad is still playing the sacks? Yeah, I know. It seemed like he was pretty decisively against that before. Yeah, and we are so clearly seeing him playing soccer now. Yeah. Um, why not just let him give up the sacks? And Randy is doing sports when I thought he was the artsy theatrical kid. Like there's, there's a lot of the not- I You know what? Maybe the kids... Are putting like a long con on the parents. What the Randy's like getting dropped off at the football field and picked up there, but who knows what he's doing in between. <laughs> they're actually all conspiring together to rob a casino or something, and it's just an elaborate series of uh, of ruses to keep the parents <laughs> off their scent. Exactly, but they're going through. Jill's going through the scheduling thing, and it was giving me fucking anxiety oh yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's it's you know tim can't leave work at this time yeah. so it's like well okay well why don't you come home and pick up mark and take him to the doctor and then come home while he's at the doctor and pick up you know brad and take him to the sax lesson or like drop him off at school and like oh, god I, you're giving me anxiety now i know i like there it's it gets it gets comical to the degree of like different steps and 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 ins and outs of their schedule they have to do to get the boys to where they need to be and yet i feel like Somewhat close to reality for parents that oh, have yeah. to deal with that sort of stuff. It's just a matter of life of scheduling things once your kids are at an age of social activities and like, oh my god, why would anyone choose to step into that? Yeah, it, it would scares the shit out of me. It, it, yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, dealing with uh, well, my my, my uh, yeah, I mean. Just just me with with my own series of extracurricular activities was already kind of a lot for my family to handle, so having two other kids with that, <laughs> yeah and, right? and parents working yeah it's a that's a lot, that's so a lot. I guess this turns into a grit work salute to parents with kids who are actively involved in a bunch of things um we get a car transition, yes, a car driving all over the place, it's like a dotted line, like those family oh, circus- right. cartoons where jeffy is going all over town to do something. <laughs> Uh, to the set so of tool time, yes. Where Tim is, or no, Tim, well Al is giving a lengthy presentation about <laughs> the entire history of linoleum. <laughs> Like a, With a flip chart and everything. It's a flip chart, yeah, because you, you can sense this great frustration on Al's part that, like, if only there was some kind of computer software that allowed me to make a, a presentation that could be powerful and get right to the point. You know, just like slides and slides. We have the technology to shrink ourselves down to four inches tall, and yet, the only way that I can explain the history of linoleum is by flipping through a chart. Well, I don't know. Tim uses his stupid uh, cue cards. Uh, yes, Tim... T- you know, yeah, I guess that would have been even better. Well, you could have had Tim holding them and flipping through them. At but- least get Tim involved, yeah. Yeah, but instead Tim is j- And this is also... If Al is running the show for Flooring Week on Tool Time, Al has got a very poor sense of stage presence because, like, why have two <laughs> hosts out there if one of them is doing all the talking and the other one is just standing there? Well, I could speak to our Grunt Work Nights episodes recently where... <laughs> We both let each other talk, and, uh, it it went on for a bit. Yeah, but, okay, but these two aren't talking about their top films of 2018 (laughs) and going on and on about how much they loved Spider-Man into the (laughs) Spider-Verse in theaters now. See it, you asshole. Stop listening to the podcast and go to the theater before it's gone. (laughs) Uh, I, yeah, you know, I, look, they're professionals. We're, we're doing this pro bono. (laughs) Fair, okay. Except for our wonderful Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Speaking of going on for a long time and not letting your co-host talk, that's what I just did. Um... But Al is giving this lengthy presentation about linoleum, and Tim is over like Tim oh, is sorry. going through these exhaustive motions of like being bored to the point of falling asleep. He's putting on the like Ebenezer Scrooge uh, sleep cap with his whole like candle. He's got a candle and like a cup co- uh, like a cup full of presumably warm milk. <laughs> like I I respect this bit because of how I I, I don't know like that that's such a like old school cartoony way yeah. of showing you're about to go to sleep like who put like a sleeping cap when, and a when, candle in a candle holder when what <laughs> what do you think the scene was set the scene for us of when the 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 last person to ever wear the sleep a sleeping cap decided i'm no longer going to wear a sleeping cap (laughs) you know like the last fleeting moment of the genuine sleeping cap i feel like the i feel like the year was probably 1983 and it was like no but this is like but it's in like a village from like the village by m night Shyamalan, where they where they're pretending it's the past but a person (laughs) is putting on his sleeping cap and he's got his or her mm-hmm. could be her. I, I'm sorry. I, let me let me correct for my inherent bias here. His or her cap and his or her candle on the little metal holder. I don't, I don't I think gender norms were pretty solid uh, back when sleeping caps were a thing, so it's yes. a safe assumption that women didn't wear sleeping caps. But Both in the 80s and then in this the, the village village, where it's even, even more than that. But uh, the person <laughs> is about to blow out their candle, and they look overhead, and they see an airplane flying through the sky. And their <laughs> first thought is, what is that giant iron bird? And their second thought is, oh, shit, this is probably an outmoded way of showing that it's time to go to sleep. And they pull it off. <laughs> Throw it to the ground, go get an iPod, and put it on to a White Noise uh, podcast and go to sleep to that. Nice. They say, no more, and then they stomp on the cap. And scene, directed by Sofia Coppola. <laughs> Executive producer Vince Gilligan. What a weird wow. production we've got here. And now I'm picturing Bill Murray in the role. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wakes up the next day wearing the sleeping cap again, and there's no plane overhead. <laughs> no! Oh my goodness! Ah, oh, she's thank you. this. Brought to you by Diet Coke, and, and an hour later than we normally do this. <laughs> um. So one thing I learned, yeah, that linoleum comes from the flax flower. That was new information to me. Th- assuming th- that it's real. I mean, I don't know why they'd make this up. No, I don't I'd, think they, they, they did. probably opened up an Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. a, a Wikipedia analog edition, to figure this out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get some. I mean, I will admit though it is very boring. Yeah. It is very, very boring. But then Al finishes by promoting: uh, tune in tomorrow for our uh, our our episode about floor coverings of the future or the vinyl frontier. So, so good. <laughs> Best joke of the episode, possibly. Although there are a lot of them. Yeah. Best joke of the season, I think so far. In my, my personal opinion. Really? Okay. Wow, man. Okay. Bold claim. <laughs> Bold claim. I liked it. It was a, it was a yeah. very good line. And also, again, delivered by Al, who... Like, Al is so oblivious to how tired Tim is... Like, yeah. Al is so excited to be talking about these things that it just... I it mean, honestly, it. if you put yourself in Al's shoes, though, and Tim is making fun of literally everything you ever say, how would you ever know if the thing you're saying that is actually boring or has an effect on people... Uh, if he's, you know, it's the, it's the man who cried wolf. I yeah. mean, he's sitting there scratching his butt. How is that any different than him insulting, you know, your mother or the tools you're using or, you know, your weight, your flannel, your beard. I mean, how is that any different than anything? Yeah, it's, it's, I understand it's, Al's obliviousness. It, it, you know, fish don't really know that they're surrounded by water. I, I like <laughs> right. And there's been episodes where Tim isn't making fun of Al, and it immediately throws Al off, and he like wants Tim to be making fun of him yeah. because he knows nothing else. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really an object lesson in in how uh, abuse can completely change a person's per se. How to really <laughs> gaslight. Uh, your supposed friends. Yes, uh, and then we go into a, a weird button on this scene where we, you know, Al kind of signs off, um, which is uncharacteristic of the show, and then they both walk off stage behind uh, till time behind the scenes where Heidi's asleep yes. the, at the monitor. Yeah, um, which I don't know. I, I guess we've never heard if she does a sign off of the show. Yeah, I mean she's well, and that's what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. Tool time. And now it's Irma time. <laughs> um, but she's asleep in the thing. So they go back and Tim like, wakes up hide like gives her a, a nudge to, like, hey, wake up. Yeah. Uh, we we goes, have to protect Al's feelings. <laughs> his feelings will be hurt if he sees you asleep. And I don't want that to happen. I never do anything to jeopardize his feelings. Yeah. And then they just go into this weird, like, nothing it's, Moment where he asks Heidi what her favorite part of the show was, and she's like, "Oh, I, yeah, yeah," and she's like, "Oh, they, I like them all equally, even though she's clearly lying." and she, yeah. he's like, "Really? Oh, great. Well, why don't I take you to lunch, and then we can blah 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 blah." Yeah, I can, I can talk, I can tell you all about what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, exploring but exploring the future. It's it's a it's a weak follow up to the scene, and it doesn't set anything new up except maybe a weird fleeting romance. <laughs> Between the well, I mean, two, but I guess Eileen's still in the picture. I don't know. Well, maybe so, and and also I, like also Al and Heidi. It's been established they're kind of friends anyway. They're like sort of a united front against Tim in like the Halloween episode, right. uh, Crazy for You, and other things. And and also they try and set this up like, oh no, Heidi, you know, oh crap, you're you're screwed. And I'm looking yeah. at it like free lunch. <laughs> i don't know man go to go to the you know i don't know go to ruth's chris steakhouse like make the most of it get a steak with 13 pounds of salt on it you earned it here's my last uh comment on this just to tie it back to a very early episode um do you think al learned about the history of linoleum by going to the linoleum convention (laughs) back with greta post maybe he did (laughs) maybe that's why it's stuck out so clearly for it like maybe maybe uh like maybe the reason that he wants to go to lunch with Heidi is actually because he has to talk to her about how many like Sad feelings, that stretched up from him. Like Aww. he's he's playing it off in front, like he's playing it off in front yeah. of Tim. Like he wants to just talk about next week, but then he gets out to the parking lot and it's like I'm Heidi. I didn't want to say it in front of Tim, but it just it stirred up some stuff. And I really love Eileen, but I just I we just can I just talk to you a little bit about what I'm feeling? And then at the conclusion after the third episode airs, he actually does get a call from Greta Post saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we should go out to lunch sometime." You know the the whole linoleum trilogy really uh, really got me thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe maybe our our I was a little too harsh, and you bingo activity and and Al responds I am not like linoleum I don't just wipe clean I absorb everything like a carpet oh my god there is a big stain on me that you left when you dumped the red wine of your cruelty on me that got really funny um <laughs> that's great man well I'm glad we told people so they'll know to laugh <laughs> oh who needs a laugh track so uh it's just like it's just like the olympics there's a panel of judges and confer it's like yes okay and the czechoslovakian judges confirming that got really funny okay very good sponsored by john smith okay and who sponsored the theme song uh i don't know okay that's my mouth magic um, Mouth music. <laughs> oh, God no! I keep making the Pornhub jokes. Like I got. Oh man. Um, this week we asked Mr. Carn. <laughs> well, let's also put Richard's Carn, Richard Carn's name on your mouth magic. Go on. What did we ask him this week? Uh, I'm listening. This week we asked uh, Richard Carn. What was the most transformative performance you had in the theater before you started in television? Yeah uh something that i you know as a former theater nerd i have been out of the theater for a while but um that i wanted to know i knew he was a big uh theatrical actor yeah. in new york and uh studying in london ooh yeah um before even going the country to to appear in th- that uh beer commercial before getting the home <laughs> improvement thing so so after after like d- doing london theater stuff mm-hmm. he's then working as an apartment handyman in la well, you got to make ends meet. I mean, well, no, I, you know I, a lot of actors out here that have to drive Uber. I cer- i certainly do. I certainly do. I'm not saying that to denigrate at all. I'm mm-hmm. just saying like that's got to be a thing to go from like like hoity-toity London theater to scrubbing a toilet, fixing a toilet. Well, he might have been f- scrubbing toilets out in London too. I mean, you got to pay your wages somehow. I—I I, I suppose so. <laughs> I, I guess I guess they don't just you know. Well, maybe he was a chimney sweep out there. I mean, I feel like that's more that they don't have handy. Oh my in god! London. They just have Forget Lynn manuel miranda who oh. i need to see mary poppins with uh, richard karn oh my god that would be perfect <laughs> i would i would shill out some big bucks for that unfortunately that wasn't his answer to the transformative performance you had in the theater question yeah what was that what was that answer um his answer i'm going to read it verbatim uh quote i was transforming a lot before television i can tell you one of the funniest shows um or one of the shows that I loved doing was The Nerd at the Actors Theater in Louisville. Oh, The Nerd? The Nerd, which I feel like coincidentally is very fitting for this episode where Mark is worried about becoming the dork. Yeah. Um, But The Nerd, I actually read this. Uh, I got on this like farce kick. Uh, <laughs> I, I was super into Noises Off. Uh, for a while, I I was noticing it on your on the DVD shelf. Behind oh yes, you. I have the DVD. The Peter Bogdanovich movie is just so much fun. Yeah, uh, I mean John Ritter obviously is hilarious, but uh, the whole cast is great. But I I was obsessed with the 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 play. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how I discovered it, but this isn't about me. Uh, I'm going to go into Karn in a second, but um, <laughs> here on Solano Corner, Solano Salano, Salano Corner. Uh, actually. <laughs> It's Solano. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I stand, I stand corrected, Namer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which is more like Kramer's. It's like, giddy up! <laughs> it's okay. Fraser cl- corrects you on your phrasing, and Namer <laughs> bursts in the door and corrects me when I get miss, mix up the boys' names. <laughs> exactly. Okay, please. We've gone on so many different tangents. Yeah, but I was so obsessed with it, I started like, I gotta find other um, plays that are like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the nerd is like that, but that's just how I... Happen to find the nerd, yeah, and uh, it's a very interesting kind of—I uh, don't know—small little play where it's about a guy who used to who was saved in Vietnam um, by this other guy. They have never met, but they've been corresponding mm-hmm. uh, cross-country yeah. since they've been back. And his wife is telling him, "You know, I would just like to see you do something uh, selfless for once." Yeah, and it turns out that this guy needs uh uh needs some help mm-hmm. and so he's like can i come stay with you for a bit and like they they finally meet and blah 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 they go through this whole thing and turns out you know the, the twist of the thing and spoiler alert for the theater <laughs> if you're about to go see the nerd on stage in 1986 or 88 uh you know fast forward this point okay yes all time traveling theater <laughs> aficionados please please hold back but it turns out that uh the guy that is playing his vietnam correspondent um or correspondence uh partner pen pal what's writing writing yeah guy. You, had, you had it with pen <laughs> yeah you had it with pen pal you could have stopped while you were at I mean, I was already way behind there, but uh, his his Vietnam pen pal doesn't turn out to be uh, the same guy. It, he's, uh, like, grifting him, essentially. Oh, I see. Uh, turns out to be an actor, and, like, uh, he's just playing him uh, for a fool. Wow. Oh. So it's womp womp, womp, womp. the fool, not um, the nerd. <laughs> and so uh it's just and it turns out to be, I don't know, I don't want to go in the whole thing, even though I already did. So uh if only you were a time traveling theater aficionado, <laughs> you could have changed that. I, the the character, the main character I thought, as soon as he said that uh he, he started in this play, I'm like, oh my god, he would be the best. Uh Willem is the name of the the main actor who plays this kind of like acquiescent character mm. and i'm like oh, that's that's him to a t yeah and then i'm like oh man i'm probably retroactively uh, typecasting him based on his like sensitive al borling character <laughs> and it turns out that he played uh this character called rick steedman who was the the grifter guy oh see i would love like, that though yeah i I like i want to see richard Carn like play like bad guys just like i want to see tim play that like <laughs> but i want to see richard Carn play like villains i want to because I feel like if you if cast against type, yeah, like if you're if you're making an like a a, a a movie that's like a thriller or something or a mystery and someone has to be like the killer and you don't know who it is, Richard Carn would be the ultimate casting for that because you won't expect it and he's got the chops to then pull off being a very uh you know a very <laughs> ominous and frightening dude, yeah. Oh well, I don't I haven't seen proof of that but I, I trust that it's there. I mean I I you know comedy is hard and he does comedy very He well, does comedy so, extremely yeah, well. Yeah. So I think he can I can he can do anything man. Yeah. Uh so that's been this week's Carn Corner uh starring Richard Carn and brought to you by John Smith. John Smith. Um you know what? I lost the outro music for this uh this Carn Corner oh, oh, so Oh no no. We're going to go uh back home where Tim is giving um some Randy advice. To, uh, Randy Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, Randy is (laughs) Heading off to football practice Hasn't showered Yes, his lady friend Beth is gonna be coming over afterwards He's saying, Dad, you gotta pick me up right after practice And hurry and bring me home so I can shower And Tim says, no, no, you don't need to shower Let me just do the trick that I always do with your mom Just put an air freshener around your neck It it smells nice like a pine tree (laughs) Randy says a line That made me laugh so hard (laughs) If it doesn't get me girls, it'll get me squirrels and that's not objectively funny and i guess I know, the 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 volume at which you laughed. i'm, so, I'm that so sorry i'm yeah i was told me more about you than it did about the show it told me more about my state of mind i don't know man i just i <laughs> something about a good randy joke like his delivery <laughs> makes me happy i'm not proud yeah. of how much i i gave away about myself there <laughs> Look, there was once, there was once I was, I was at a, a restaurant up around Big Bear with some friends, and I'd had a couple drinks, and the waiter was doing magic for us, and they were pretty, pretty simple sleight of hand tricks, but I was just in, I was tired enough and kind of boozed out enough that I was just like, "Wow, wow, oh my, whoa, and it was, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I get excited about things that I like. <laughs> you know what, I, I cherish and appreciate that. Good, thank you. I cherish and appreciate you, too. <laughs> so, um, so, Jill comes home, and uh, she's just had this meeting with uh, Mark's teacher. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Tim about it. Yes, and Mark has been very withdrawn and sad recently. Yeah, a little inattentive in class, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Yeah, what up with dad? Uh, and she she's starting to speculate. Like, back, we had a, you remember um, Abandoned Family? Oh, the, yeah. The weird title when Jill started working at... Detroit magazine. Yes, so when, she inside starts, Detroit magazine? when she starts working like part time for a week to week assignment, yeah. and it throws everything into chaos. Which makes me wonder. Um, yeah, I'd love to like get a psychologist's take on this. It, it is like fear of abandonment, um, of abandoning your family when going back to the workplace. Do you think that's like a, a legitimate fear people have? Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, especially when you've been. Staying at home, you know, a stay-at-home mom, and you're basically running the household. I mean, I'm sure it's a big adjustment to have to make. Right when uh, when my mom went back to work when I was 13. I mean, like it wasn't like a problem or anything, but I think mom had some concerns about it. And Mm. shortly before. Uh, through, had she not worked the 13 years before that yeah my mom took my mom basically yeah took 13 years wow. working okay. to raise me which you know was a choice that she it's not like anyone pressured her into it she wanted to uh-huh. do that she didn't want me to you know be growing up uh like in latchkey and stuff because that was a thing that that happened to her and she wanted to be there for it uh this is truman family memories <laughs> corner but but before but like she was gonna go back to work. you know i was 13 uh-huh. and it was like okay you know he's got you can take you know, care of yourself after school now. When, yeah, right. yeah. You, he can he can handle being alone around the house. But so she kind of sat me down shortly before she took this new job and said, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this job. I'm gonna be working now, and, and I'm trusting you. I'm I'm trying to remember if she actually used this word. I think she. did. I'm trusting you not to be fucked up. And if you get <laughs> and if you get fucked up, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna sit on you until you're not fucked up anymore. These are my, these are my mom's words. <laughs> Maybe she said screwed up. I don't know. If, I don't remember when my parents started saying fuck around me. It was definitely when I was in high school. So maybe it was a little before that. But uh, so I mean, ma- but like she had that concern, and like our mm. family situation was vastly less complicated than the Taylors. Like, like, you know, a kid who never got into trouble and two parents who were on the same page, and we all liked reading. So. <laughs> yeah uh so i think that is a thing so you weren't sneaking out to to go throw bricks at glass houses with stinky no no certainly not I that had... was me apparently yeah, I, guess... I didn't expect that i would be the brad of this podcast but <laughs> well any almost anybody is brad when you put them next to me i'm the mark of every situation <laughs> does that mean i'm good at sports i mean you know how to play golf yeah, fair. And golf is apparently a sport, so they tell me. Some people consider it one. You also are good at skee ball. That's more of a sport than what I do, which is <laughs> I, I, I play skee ball. I'm not good at it. You're better at skee ball than me. We've never played each other. I would be. I would wager to bet you're just as good as I am. N- no, I would because you've done it more. You're clearly like the only thing. Like the only the things that I'm really like good and competitive at are like probably dungeons and dragons and reading the novel dune by frank herbert those Those are so competitive yeah oh yeah no in a dune off i'll i'll beat you in a in a you know uh, i'm i i will kick your ass at the Gomja bar but that's about it uh so anyway um so yeah so mark is withdrawn and sad Mm -hmm. no one can figure out why jill rounds up the boys and heads out the door with them to go do whatever the hell and Tim goes upstairs because he needs to get Mark so they can go to the doctor to get Mark his flu shot. Yeah. Also, I got my flu shot today at a fucking Walgreens. Why are you going to the doctor for that? I haven't had a flu shot in my life. (laughs) In a very long time. Uh, You know, I hate shots and was a total baby about getting it. And in fact, the reason that I put it off for so long was because I was scared to get a shot. But then I read that a... uh, a, uh, otherwise healthy, uh, 32-year-old man, uh, died of the flu last week, and I was like, okay, I'm scared now. My fear of dying outweighs my fear of, <laughs> of a brief poke in the arm. Oh, interesting. I have no aversion to needles, uh, or getting shots. I just, uh, the, the time and inconvenience. I, I'm, I'll admit, I'm a typical male when it comes to doctorly stuff. Yes. I, I, I don't. I need to start getting better about going to get checkups and going to get blood work and yeah. uh, getting my shots. Uh, I don't do any of it. Yes. I go to the dentist. That's about it. I wow. I wish I had dental insurance. I haven't been to the dentist in years. Oh, you just pay hey, out it, of pocket. That's not, how much I care about my teeth. Yeah, I just brush my teeth a lot. I do that too. I sit yeah. here drinking my third diet coke of the day. My lord, <laughs> uh, I'm a wild man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Tim goes up to Mark's room. Yes. And in there, Mark is uh, sullenly trying to untie his shoes, which his brothers have tied together. Yeah. And Tim tries to figure out what's going on with Sad Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Hey, Sad Mark, what's up?" Oh, nothing. Are we gonna role play? This? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, You know, he's <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to coax information out of Mark yeah. like to, to get to the bottom of why he's being so weird in school. Um and Mark is pretty tight lipped. He doesn't want to talk about it. Nothing's wrong. Uh and he's and he's kind of pushing back like and and saying, you know, I no, I I don't want to tell you about it. Like so everyone's everyone's bothering me about this and really showing you know, yeah. more range and more depth of performance than we've seen from Tara and Noah Smith before. Yeah. Uh and you know, something that I hope to see a lot more of in the future. Uh yeah. As I said, welcome to the Mark train. Um <laughs> Well welcome to the Mark train leaving leaving the station uh head up to the to the you know snack bar car to get a 9 dollar turkey sandwich. Yeah, I think it left in the pilot episode, but that's just me. Um I think it's been waiting at the station for a while. Mark uh Tim goes he's trying to like cheer cheer Mark up a little bit. He's like, "Come on, let's just go to the doctor, you know, you can play with the blocks." And this is, just comes out as one of the better interactions yeah. in the, this episode, but uh come on, you can play with the bar- blocks and <laughs> Mark goes, only babies play with blocks. And Tim kind of takes defense and goes, don't you call him hip baby. <laughs> and at some point in this exchange, Mark goes over and slumps down at the desk in his room. My note here was, because I noticed the laptop on the desk, and I'm like, I wonder what Truman's note is. Uh, my note is, Mark has a laptop! <laughs> like, it's, a, it's like a chunky 90s laptop, but it's like, they had a desktop computer in here... Less than a year ago. Th- Does that mean that that computer was actually Brad's and he took it to his room? So each kid has a computer. Well, what do they do? There's not even an internet Well, actually, there is an internet. I guess if 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 <laughs> if Randy was using it to catfish girls, but they also have a computer in the nook uh, by the front door. Yeah, there are a lot of computers in this house. Th- this house is completely wired. And, and you were questioning Tim's prowess with technology a few episodes ago. I'm well- still questioning it. <laughs> I don't know who's doing it. Is 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 Jill secretly into this, or did Wilson hook them up? I mean, because you know Wilson is about that. You know Wilson is logged onto the information supernet. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. Well, I mean, once uh, Aftermath magazine or whatever the <laughs> survivalist guide is uh, goes out of print, he's gonna need. Uh, he's gonna need that internet to um, learn all of his uh, survival skills. I guess. Yeah. Uh. So. Anyway, they so they, you know, Tim drags Mark out to the doctor, and uh, we go to the next scene. Yeah, we almost do. I do, now, listen, I understand. Now listen. I understand the, um, uh, me looking at the background is borderline on the spectrum uh, for a lot of things, but. There, borderline, huh? <laughs> there is something I noticed that, did you ever see Prometheus? Yeah, I did see Prometheus. I, I couldn't. Not comment on this mask that, and I asked you on the couch, is this Randy's bedroom still? Because uh, I couldn't yeah. remember which boy had left. It's, yeah. it's Randy and Mark's bedroom. Yeah, Randy and Mark share it, and Brad has got his own room. I, I'm going to show this to you, and I'm going to post this online too. I want you to explain to me in a boy's room filled with toys and Binford items, what this mask is doing there. Ah. Uh... Is that worth commenting on? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean It looks like
0: the face of the Prometheus alien. Yeah, it does. I think what this is, I think we've solved the central mystery of Prometheus. I think that one of the boys, probably Randy, is the space jockey from Alien. <laughs> i mean don't don't poke any like weird pools of black goo in that room is what i'm saying <laughs> that is i mean generally don't don't touch pools of black goo in general nothing good can come of that worst case scenario you just have to wash your hands but yeah. the well, no, best case scenario you have to wash your hands worst case scenario horrible things well, best case scenario it's uh, molasses and then you get to lick your fingers <laughs> but you don't but that molasses you don't know where that molasses has been well uh, yeah i guess if it's on the floor maybe don't touch it and yeah. lick your finger Unless it's in Willy Wonka's factory, and then you can do it. No, it'll be fine. Yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing will turn out badly there. I <laughs> uh, place in total OSHA compliance. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, that, that's that's a. That, I have no idea what that is. Okay, I think I, I think that one of the boys becomes Mister Tyrell, who starts the uh, Tyrell Corporation. Uh, wait, Wayland Yutani. Mister Wayland. Tyrell is a different thing. Tyrell is uh, is Blade Runner. And oh, Mister Robot, and I thought you were talking about Resident Evil. <laughs> and that's the, Umbrella, the, the villain from uh, the second one, because uh, that's also what that mask kind of looks like. Anyway, um, we cut to later. Jill is bringing Brad back home from his sex lessons. Yes, and uh, and and Tim is home after taking Mark yeah. to the doctor, and, and Brad is complaining he wants his own phone line. <laughs> And is explaining, yeah, you know, you you get mad at me when I tie up the phone line talking, and you yell at me, and then you feel bad about it, and, and Jill says, oh, you're such a martyr, Brad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so Tim and Jill start talking about what's going on with Mark, and Tim still hasn't been able to figure out what's up. Mark has been very sullen, and what's worse, when they got to the doctor's office, a couple of four-year-olds were hogging the blocks, so Tim didn't get to play with them. <laughs> I really I really love this Tim-loving blocks thing being handled so seriously. <laughs> it was a good callback yes um it was a good callback to the thing that happened in the previous scene (laughs) yeah but they could have left it but i I don't know it just kind of like filled out the world a little bit for me um so then once (laughs) all the the, this rich detailed world of block playing (laughs) um all of the boys somehow exit the scene and uh jill is left to talk to tim Mm -hmm. and she's you know asking what he got out of Mark. How did you talk to him? Were you sensitive? What did he say? Blah, 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 blah. And she wasn't satisfied with his answers. Yeah, she was saying, you know, you can't just joke around with him like the other boys. Mark is sensitive. You have to come at him a different way. And, you know, she's, you know, Tim is saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm better talking to the boys than you are. They know whatever stupid thing they did. I did something stupider and blah, blah, blah. You know, men have a special connection with boys or fathers have a special connection with sons. That other one yeah. sounds bad. And mothers, you know, Jill retorts, mothers also have a, a special bond with their sons. Um, it's called the umbilical cord, and Tim says, well, Mark is nine, he's cordless now. <laughs> Good joke, Tim. I said it. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily on board with Tim taking so much pride in, like, oh, well, it's father and sons, it's a man thing, you wouldn't get it. I mean, he didn't go too deep into that, but yeah. I, I do think that uh, he was making an interesting point, though, of... Uh, well, what just Good about point. about the fact that that he and the boys have a certain rapport because the oh boys no no, no. Are thank rowdy. you for, no you, you jogged my memory it was uh I do think it's interesting in all of Tim's whateverness uh, um, that embodies his character that there is a kind of like almost anti role model mm-hmm. almost, you know like if you were you know anti heroes you have an anti role model that yeah. like to if you I, I'm trying to like put myself in the mindset of like having. A father that's always knowing that my dad has always done worse than me at something takes so much pressure off and like I feel like just inherently builds your confidence in a way. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like you, you certainly you aren't living in his shadow at that yeah. point. If anything, you're casting a shadow, uh, like just a longer and longer shadow on him. <laughs> right. I guess yeah. If it's a lo- it's a low bar <laughs> to clear. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then Mark comes down, and Jill tries to take her sensitive approach. Yeah, and that doesn't uh that doesn't really work. He is just uh well, and also what what happens in the meantime is that you know, Tim has made a point of how what, what a sensitive caring father he is and then yeah. re- and then uh Beth uh Randy's friend, uh lady friend shows oh, up yeah, and I, Tim uh... realizes he forgot to pick up his son at at, <laughs> at football practice and goes running out the door. Right. I uh I scrolled too far in my notes uh that I I skipped into the next scene. So, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So once Beth arrives, they cut to uh, they do a little dissolve. Later, mm-hmm. uh, Beth and Jill are sitting at the kitchen table. Uh, Jill is trying to coax conversation out of her, and uh, Beth not... is giving her about one one word answers. Yeah, it's not it's not going very well. Beth's a real pill, so she sends Beth up. <laughs> She's to... no Ashley. I'll say that. Oh God, I miss Ashley. She was <laughs> such a nice girl. Uh, actually, one of my notes here was that um, outside of Ashley, Jill has never had a positive interaction with one of her son's friends. <laughs> You're right. They're kinda of all terrible, aren't they? <laughs> well there was uh 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 oh God, what was his name? That the, the, the annoying, annoying kid. kid yeah yeah. <laughs> in stereo. The one who the one who shows up dressed as an Adam in Yeah, Halloween. I wanna say Charlie, but I don't think that's I, it. I think it might be Charlie, actually. I don't, I, uh, okay. Uh well there's him and then there's uh Others, I think, that yeah. she's... I don't know, whatever. It's late, guys. Yeah, it is. Figure it out yourself. Look it up. <laughs> anyway, Beth, we went into... Uh, this is the second appearance of her uh, on the show. There was that very awkward uh, double date that Brad and Randy had with uh, with Beth and um, whoever the other girl was. Yeah, Lauren. Booger Snooki, yeah. Um, wait a minute. Wasn't... Yeah, Booger Snooky. I can't remember who's... Who... What's Brad's girlfriend's name now? Oh, fuck it, fine. Oh, Brad's man. girlfriend's name is Ashley. We were talking about Jenny. Oh, my God. How much we've forgotten about this show since season two door flies open uh, giddy up it's actually ashley door jenny uh, giddy giddy. and then he goes back out the door my kramer impression not as good as my frazier impression well, my frazier right. impression is really bad you're doing um an impression of uh namer not kramer so you're off the hook yes i am embodying namer <laughs> anyway so uh beth is played by andy McAfee, which we've talked about before so we won't go into character actor corner good we just teased it Uh, so, Mark comes down, and Jill tries to figure out what's going on with him, but Mark doesn't want to talk to her about it, he completely freezes her out, and he instead goes out back to talk to Brad. Yeah, uh, and Brad is not playing the saxophone, um, like he's been talked about in this episode having an interest in. What's he doing instead? He's kicking a little soccer ball up and down. Yep, yep, kicking it up and down, up and down, just doing, doing soccer tricks. And... (laughs) Mark is all depressed and he kind of flops down on the lawn chair and asks if he can, if, you know, if Brad can keep a secret. Yeah. Brad says, sure. Mark, what are you doing, buddy? Mark, (laughs) Mark, Mark, who has utterly failed to keep secrets nonstop for the past four seasons, then expects to get that currency. Here's the thing, though. I mean he is getting a little bit older, so maybe there is a little there's a change in the winds. I don't know. Yeah, kids are known for not being totally (laughs) relentlessly cruel to one another. (laughs) The other thing is though, whenever he's done that in the past, it's been in the presence of Brad and Randy. Now that he has them separated, you know, he's got his own little bond going with Randy because they share a room. So I, I can see room for him to create private alliances. Yeah. Yeah, like Survivor. Yeah, exactly. Relevant? Okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a private alliance. I don't know. Yeah, he's just looking for immunity. Um, private alliance sounds like the name of a strip club. I think. I don't. I don't know. Uh, so he reveals that the reason that he's having so much trouble in school is yeah. that um, what like he he can't see the board and he wants yeah. to get moved to the front of the class and Brad can't understand this. He's like the, the teacher's there. Not yeah. seeing the board is awesome. That's great. <laughs> and. He doesn't want to tell Tim and Jill about it because then they'll make him get glasses, and then he'll look like a dork. Yeah, uh, Q, Mr. Wilson, um, or just Wilson. I, we haven't learned his last name yet. I mean, well, clearly la- we know it's Wilson. Yeah. Wilson, yeah. But on the show and our history, we haven't learned it yet. So we have to we have to play dumb. We have or to something. play dumb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, Wilson picks up the soccer ball that Brad has accidentally kicked over the fence and takes this as his cue to um, insert himself into this conversation. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, he starts talking to Mark about how, uh, I don't really have a whole lot here about what he says to Mark. (laughs) Uh, I mean, well, well, he he said, well, okay, he says Benjamin Franklin and uh, some other guy. Gandhi. Gandhi all had glasses. Yeah. And do you think they were dorks? And and Brad kind of steps up with his finger up and says, I, I would say that they were. <laughs> um, That was the nerdiest Brad impression I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they were. Mm, actually, it's Gandhi's monster. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, I, I, just a, a side note, um, Mark would not have been the first of the boys that I would have assumed would have a Wilson scene. No. That came out of left field for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, Wilson starts saying, well, okay, you know, uh, if you think that uh, glasses are going to make you nerdy uh, or dorky, then, you know, I, I have a solution for you, uh, a real scientific thing. Now, he throws out a lot of words here, you know. In some $10 a, words, some $15 yeah. words, twenty-nine and fifty words. It would be easy to overlook this, uh, this little sentence that he said, but uh, it caught me. I, you know, I don't pay attention to the Wilson scenes very often. You, you don't, and neither do I. So this is how he starts this. He's like, "I once uh, was at okay." So, God Almighty, uh, I learned this from a Russian scientist that he met at a caviar tasting seminar. Oh, okay, so it's a seminar about caviar tasting. It's not a <laughs> that caviar he attended tasting. with a Russian scientist. Yes. Well, well, who else is he going to go with? <laughs> 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 uh I just like that the 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 depth of character you're giving Wilson in such a throwaway line is insane to me. Yeah. There's so much to impact just with that sentence. Yeah, man. I um, mean yeah. I I don't know, I mean, guess that's the best person to go with, though. I mean, a Russian scientist is not only going to do have a, a, a palate for caviar, they're also going to be able to tell you why it tastes so good. If indeed it does, I don't think it does. Uh, it's, uh, I don't think I've ever had caviar, and at this point, not I'm not going to try. It's not vegetarian, I'll yeah, tell you that right, right now. exactly. Um, anyway, the, the solution he gives to Mark uh, from this Russian scientist is that he pokes a little hole through a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and tells him to hold it up to his eye, and everything in the distance becomes clear. Yeah. Uh, and he says it gets even better When you put two of them up And so Mark, uh, he hands them to Mark These little pads of paper with holes mm. poked in them. Mark holds them up to his eyes He's like, wow, they really work And better yet, I won't look like a dork And this is the first of two uh, Tide changes It feels like in Mark's relationship With his brothers Yeah, Because Brad is like, uh, Mark Actually, and he takes the sheets of paper From him and holds them up to his own eyes And he's like, what do I look like to you? And Brad just, or Mark just goes, Aww. a dork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, freshly defeated, uh, realizing that this is inevitable, Mark goes inside where Jill is. Well, and... I, I do want to, I just want to throw out one more thing with Wilson. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, I thought it was a very interesting way that he handled this. Because mm. Mark is still very concerned about his parents forcing him to get glasses. And he, he tells Wilson, he's like, hey, um, you're not going to tell my parents about this yeah. are you and wilson goes well you know that's not my place but i really hope that you will yeah and i'm like oh man that that's really good cuz i'm so often in those places i'm like well this isn't my place to say anything but you know that's an interesting bit of advice it's just like <sighs> i encourage you to to do get right past your fear and, and you know overcome that fear and, and actually open up yeah he, he gives he gives Mark the tools he needs to grow on yeah, his own it's a very support supporting thing I just I thought it was good advice. Wilson Wilson really makes more of an impact on all the other family members than the person he talks to the most I often. know right <laughs> Uh, so Mark does go back inside where Jill is studying. Yes. And, you know, Jill is like, well, you don't don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. I'm sorry I was pressuring you. And Mark goes, I want to talk. And she slams the the book shut and goes, tell me everything. (laughs) And, yeah, he just says, I I can't see the board. I need glasses. And I wasn't telling you because I don't want to look like a dork. And people are, you know, I already get made fun of for looking like a dork and, or for being a dork. And I'm only going to get more of that when I get glasses. And then I actually have uh, an issue with something Jill says here. Mm -hmm. Where she refutes what he's saying and saying, nobody thinks you're a dork. And it's like, well, everyone thinks you're a (laughs) dork. You're the dorkiest boy. (laughs) But the other thing about it is that she's denying his reality. Yes. You know, this is his experience. Whether or not people actually think he's a dork or not is beside the point. He thinks everybody thinks that he's a dork. Yeah. So her saying that is refuting his experience. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like you're not there in school. Like you're making actually making it harder for him to come to you in the future because you're discounting things that are actually happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know. So but she she uses Tim as an example and says mm-hmm. like you know you know your your father's a dork. He goes out there like he was a dork when he glued his head to the table. He was a dork when he got his tongue stuck to that hammer. Uh, but, Which is an episode that we didn't. We saw the the head and the table. Yeah, do yeah. I, I remember the tongue on the hammer. Yeah, uh, he's got his tongue stuck to other things. Is there a a lost home improvement episode? Oh God, if there is, I we're, we're gonna have to be the ones to find it. <laughs> uh, but she, she, you know, you know, lots of people think your dad is a dork, and he doesn't care at all. Like he he <laughs> he likes himself for who he is, and that's all that matters. And, Come better, better or worse. Yeah, rain or shine. And and Mark feels good about that. Yeah. Yeah, and she she thanks him for like I'm really glad that you uh, that you decided to come and talk to me. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we still have our special bond. <laughs> and Mark goes, well, you were the only one home. <laughs> <laughs> if ever there was a sign that your your son has uh, grown out of the nurture period, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that this is it's this being true. tossed aside like a uh, Brad in a Raggedy Ann costume. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a deep cut and a deep callback. <laughs> um. So anyway, then this takes us to basically our last scene. Yep. Where uh, where Tim is getting uh, Brad and Randy ready to for to see Mark. You know, they're coming home from the optometrist and says, "Okay, you know, don't make fun of him. Don't don't call him like goggle face or anything like that when you see the glasses." I'm like goggle face, that's really good, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> and uh yeah, and so Mark comes in. Yep. He he does the big reveal, he turns his back to the camera mm-hmm. and his brothers, puts on the glasses, and as soon as he turns around, Mark disappears and there is Harry fucking botter. Uh no, you're not correct. There is young Indiana Jones teaching at the college. But I Fair. think both of them are valid. Both yeah. both valid, but yeah, they're they're not great glasses. I mean they're probably <laughs> great for the time. Yeah. Uh, I, this is the same. This is the same era where there was an X Files episode where Scully is literally wearing like round <laughs> Harry Potter glasses, and the world is supposed to think, "Oh, that's sexy." <laughs> And the thing is, it is because because Jillian Anderson. But whatever, go on. <laughs> um, but you know, Brad and Randy actually have a, a really nice moment here, it's, where it's absolutely beautiful. They they both tell Mark that he looks awesome and that uh, if anyone ever calls you a dork, they're gonna have to answer to us. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, then Randy comes over to him and goes, "Yeah, we're the only ones that can call you dorks," and like punches him in the stomach and then you know uh, tears out his spleen and sells it on the black market. Oh God, fatality! <laughs> Did the Konami code? Uh, well, but the, but you know, Mark is following them upstairs and he goes, "Yeah, but I don't even really care if people call me a dork. I mean, Mom said that everyone calls Dad a dork, and he doesn't care." <laughs> and so they leave and they go upstairs. And the, actually, I think this might be Tim's best line of the, of the episode. Tim goes, "You called me a dork," and Jill goes, "I was trying to build up his self-esteem." And Tim goes, well, "What about my self-esteem?" <laughs> Which I like. Iris out. Yes. And <laughs> it's the iris out sound. <laughs> I like it. Uh, then we go into some outtakes where Tim flubs a line in the kitchen, and then he flubs a line in the bedroom. And ding, 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 wing and dancer. <laughs> oh, that's the yes production company logos. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, we are just about done with this episode, except for <laughs> this, this, this <laughs> one's banging. <laughs> this one slaps, man. Huh? The Grant count. Sponsored <laughs> oh, yeah. by Kirstie Jeffries. Oh. Thank you, Kirstie. The grunt count is two. Now, is it? Yes, it is. We heard these at the beginning of the episode. Uh this is this is becoming a very controversial season. You know, it was controversial last episode. The, these ones are not. Uh when Heidi brings out the gas-powered uh 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 porcupine, uh, yes, por- yes, carpet porcupine, I was hiccuping. I wasn't in the last folks oh, okay, we got it, okay, uh, when she brings it out, uh tim, Tim goes like oh, oh or something like he that. he does his own oh old oh face noise it, he has oh, kind of, oh. yeah, it's it, okay. I'm sorry, listeners, that was awful, I think we've. Re- <laughs> I, people are in a professional place right now. Yeah, yeah. People are people are like people are trying to do their dishes. People are on public transit and they're <laughs> hearing this steamy, sexy stuff. It, I think I've made this comparison before, but it sounds like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the sound that uh, that the, the receptionist makes. When she's trying to impersonate uh, Principal Rooney while Rooney is running to <laughs> get the phone, she's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And then Cameron's on the phone like, "Rooney, stop making That'll... all that that blubbering." That almost sounds like Vincent D'Onofrio in uh, Men in Black when he's trying <laughs> to ask for some sugar water, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh," God. or when he's getting arrested. Yeah. He's like, "The the cops go, put yeah. your hands on the, your head." And yeah. He goes, "Oh, God. put my hands on my head." <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I think it, it sounds it sounds more like in Forest Company it goes like John and May or like pays and oh, that's that sounds like more like Tom Brokaw. <laughs> that's like Jimmy Stewart doing Tom Brokaw. <laughs> oh, good good lord. Okay, so we have t- <laughs> we have two grunts. I don't I wouldn't have counted them as grunts, uh, but I'm not the one doing the grunt count. So they sounded like grunt, I mean. Uh, they both had attacks, and they were clearly intended to be grunts because he's reacting to a tool being brought out that has been given more power. Yeah, you know, okay. It, and it wasn't—it wasn't language; it wasn't him saying anything. Yeah, right. But it wasn't exactly a grunt. I, I, I'm not going to refute this too much, but I'm just they, saying, like, you know, look—it's it a, a gray area. The grunts take many. Shapes and forms and sounds, and I think that these ones are, yeah, they're marginal, but they okay. under the under the qualifications that I set out, the ones that made it hard to classify those grunts last episode. These ones count as grunts, I would say. Okay, we can look. We can put the audio up online for people to vote on that one. Do we still haven't got a verdict from our fans on last? I week. know, I know. Well, we recorded a little too quickly before we could uh, get get that uh, information. True. Um, so that that's still out in the Twitterverse, I guess, but um, or the Spiderverse or the if sp- theaters now. <laughs> Odd. okay well so uh that's a that's a twofer for our grunt count this week yep and um that is all she wrote for this episode unless you have anything we didn't cover nope nope all she wrote was murder <laughs> it is after midnight and i've had half a can of diet coke it's and just too much if you have enjoyed this show and want to help us create even better content consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our patreon at www.patreon.com slash gruntworkpod gruntworkpod Look, I, I've had two years to memorize the first URL. you got to give me more time on this one. <laughs> That's alright. I wasn't expecting you to, to do it. I was just oh. uh, thinking you were going to jump into what Patreon is. Patreon is a great place where you can contribute uh, uh, money to help us do what we do. Yeah, Money that helps us do things like uh, pay our server costs, helps us to buy equipment Believe it or not, we do need equipment for this job that we do. Uh, I don't think they give a shit what we do with the money. I think they want to know what they get. Well, what you get from the money is uh, you get access to our special bonus podcast, Gruntwork Nights. Yes. A podcast about everything but home improvement. <laughs> if you like our our tangents, if you like that bit where we kind of went on and on about Jimmy Stewart doing a Tom Brokaw <laughs> impression as Vincent D'Onofrio, as uh, Jeffrey Jones and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, you know, that kind of thing, then uh, then you should definitely... St- contribute to our podcast i guess on our it's patreon a, a soft sell man no i mean just do it just just i'm sorry it's very late at night that is patreon.com slash current work pod yes uh if you want to help others find the show you can consider leaving us a rating a review on itunes or wherever you uh listen to your podcasts and uh if you do tell them what they get uh they get contacts the books like the Carl Sagan books, like just so yeah, you're yeah. gonna send them a crate of contact. You you poke knowledge? a hole through the entire book <laughs> contact and you hold oh it up God. to your eye. It does it does it like increase your vision if it's more than it, one it's, sheet? It's basically like a telescopic uh, <laughs> monocle that you can use to see Holy very. Shit. But only out of one. eye. So your depth perception is gonna be fucked. Wow. Yes. Um. <laughs> just pictured someone. <laughs> Instead of Coke bottle glasses, just having two books of contact on Yikes. their face. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Please stop by on uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where you can find us, at Pod. Uh You can also find information on today's show on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com <laughs> While you're there, I'm still thinking of the contact glasses. Yeah. Uh, while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, where you can get uh, some information on today's show. Be notified whenever one's new. Yeah. Get. Uh, I've been doing a little GruntWork puzzle, Ooh. so that you can... Uh, get a hint for what the grunt count is gonna be um I'm, I'm already debating what number two is gonna be hmm. uh, <laughs> mr police you could have found the <laughs> grunt count I gave you all the clues <laughs> <laughs> uh and until next week when we have another episode of home improvement for you guys I've been Landon Solano I've been Truman caps and don't sit too close to this podcast because it's bad for your eyes oh, no. I think that uh, Planters Peanuts' slogan should be Turned Down for Nut. <laughs> Alternately, Pornhub's slogan, Turned Down for Nut. Uh, <laughs> I reference Pornhub <laughs> yeah. a lot on the show. Or maybe that would be Turned Up for what? Uh, yeah, or Turn Up. Well, no, because I think that when Pornhub is on, you're definitely turning it down, at least if you have roommates. Oh, the volume, yes, but you're turning something else up. There's a lot of there's a lot of ups and downs when it comes to porn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a little blue pill that can help with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is our little mini grumble. Yeah, work but I nights. mean, you're get, you're getting down, meaning you're you're getting your mojo. You're getting down to get your mojo up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you can get erect, which is up. But you're always usually laying down, and you're turning the volume down so that you can get things hot, which you're turning the heat up. True. So I'm just saying there's a lot of like there's a lot of lovers going on. It's a roller coaster of lust. <laughs> <laughs> roller coaster of lust is my favorite red hot chili peppers album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boy. Oh, Ayayay. Yeah, yeah. Um let me know when you're ready to go into this.